All right, Izzy and Ethan back with you here. Hope you enjoyed that Dwayne Wade interview uh, the second time as much as the first time. It was, re- it was really, really good. Um, he's relaxed, so, isn't he? He is. I mean, I mean, he's obviously going to something you know, pretty cool tonight and, you know, being honored for that Hall of Fame. And, it's you know, he said he was working on his speech. So I, I think it was a combination of relaxed and just kind of exhausted or maybe just focusing on that uh, that other event. But he seemed uh, – I mean, he always seems pretty comfortable. But um, I, I thought it was uh, pretty funny that I saw a tweet that said, taking a break an hour and 45 minutes in. Stugatz 101. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had Stugatz on the show, and then he had an influence on, right. on us and he's like, hey, in the very next segment. On that note, let's hit some headlines. Here's what's trending now from the Sports Grill Update Center, where special grilled wings and sports are always the trend. All right, Israel, all these headlines are going to be about Brian Hoyer and Ryan Mallett, because <laughs> I know you enjoyed it so much You're when fired. I did this the first time at 5 o'clock. It won't take a lot to fire me. We'll start with the Dolphins. Three guys uh, were not practicing when the media had a chance to observe it today uh, and and one of them is pretty important Rashad Jones with a hamstring Deion Sims concussion Derek Shelby with an eye injury the Dolphins play Jacksonville on Sunday I don't know if I'm that worried about any of those to be honest safety position is a little thin right now okay that's you know Lewis Delmas getting hurt in the preseason and you know the corner situation I thought Jamar Taylor played uh pretty well on Sunday actually and then you know we you know what Grimes did with the interception but Rashad Jones, he was one of their better players on Sunday. That's a, that's sort of a big loss. Um, and Dominican Sue, this has been news. I don't know why it's been news since Sunday, but basically the NBC team went uh, or CBS team went kind of crazy about this whole thing <laughs> with uh, him making contact with Alfred Morris's helmet. He was not fined. And here is what he had to say about that today. And now. Supposedly, NBC spent a large part of the pregame on Sunday night on your play with Alfred Morris, where your knee or leg came in contact with his helmet. His helmet came off. Is that fair, or is is that? Do you accept that? What do you think? They can do whatever they want to. I don't care. <laughs> so that went on for a long time. That interview. That's the voice of Chris Perkins and Dominic who Really, does want to get into that. The other news, and then we want to get to something else that's more important that's just emerged here is that uh, Coach Eric Spolster of the Miami Heat in the last hour just made some news on our show. He announced that he is engaged. Yep. We didn't ask to who, but I'm assuming it's Nikki Sapp because that's been his longtime girlfriend. So Eric Spolster, congratulations to him. That is already making the a lot of Yeah, rounds. a lot of people already got jokes. I dropped a joke in there, which might have been helped out by Ethan, and some other folks have jokes on, uh, on Spo's uh, wedding or what have you, uh, or engagement rather. But uh, now as the surprises continue, and this was an unscheduled surprise, apparently we're joined by another South Florida sports legend, Jason Taylor, joining us on the Resorts World Bimini guest line. JT, how are you doing, man? I'm good, man. What's happening, fellas? Not a whole lot. Just a little radio show. We're starting to kick off uh, right now. Uh, what uh, What made you call? <laughs> I heard you guys are doing your first show and following Dan Levitard, so... Good luck with that. It's almost like Jay Feeler trying to follow Dan Marino. <laughs> yeah, we've been through You know, that. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny you made that analogy because actually we spent a little bit of the beginning of the show, and, and I said, you know, Jay, you know, that was a struggle for Jay at times. He won a whole lot, never got fully appreciated. Uh, I do feel like that's sort of the high end because there've been a lot of co- other quarterbacks who struggled a little bit more than Jay did uh, following that. But we're going to try to do our. We're going to be. We're going to try to be a little bit more Jay Feeler than maybe John Beck. I think. <laughs> I certainly hope so, because if you're a, 
unfortunately, if you're more John Beck, you won't be on very long. But I'm, I, I have complete confidence you guys will do a great job. And, and like you said, Jay Feeler actually played pretty well for us. He, he won a lot of games and, and, and played very hard. It's just it's an impossible task to follow someone like Danny. But uh, hopefully, Danny, you're you talking more about it. Danny Marino, not Danny Levitard. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Danny you're following is a lot less than, than the Marino, so you guys will, I'm sure, surpass him. I was kind of hoping for Chad Pennington because even if it's just a short-lived experience, it would be pretty memorable, and he would be pretty efficient, and that's all I want. Yeah, yeah. Short-lived but efficient is okay. Pat White short is not good. So, <laughs> yeah, stay away from that one. Pat White is bad. Absolutely, Jay, Jay, Jason. We've we've kind of watched, um, you know, since you've been retired, some of the things that you've gotten into. I know you've got your own media things that you're doing now. You're a you're a radio host yourself these days. Yeah, I do a little radio uh, for Sirius XM eighty uh, on channel eighty eight for NFL Radio. So it's a uh, it's not quite what you guys do on a daily basis in the great market of Miami. But yeah, I do uh, once a week little national show. Did Joy teach you everything you know so far? I'm not answering that because she's probably listening. I'm pretty but, sure she uh, is. <laughs> yeah, she'll, I'm sure she'll, she'll critique my shows on Wednesdays and, and uh, in this interview as well. So I must give Joy all the credit. Jason, what's the hard? We're talking. We're joined by Jason Taylor here on the. You now, what guest line is this again? The Resorts World Limited guest See, line. See, this is the problem, Jason. Do you have to do this on your series show? You don't have to read this stuff out, right? I'm learning all this stuff on the fly. On the Resorts World World Bimini guest line, Jason, what has been sort of the hardest transition for you since? retirement because we we see a lot of guys they play for so long they play at a high level there's all that adulation and obviously everywhere they go you're still known everywhere you go down here but everywhere they know you know they go everybody sort of you know falls at their feet to a certain degree you're a huge superstar in this market what is the the biggest transition to being retired um really it's it's trying to figure out initially what to do with your time you know you you have you live such a regimented schedule and you have to be here at eight o'clock, here at eight oh five, you know, on the field at ten thirty. Then all of a sudden, when you walk away from the game, you have all this time, and and you can only play so much golf, and <laughs> and you know, trim the tree so much at home, and you know, there's only so many things you can find to do. So it's it's finding something that stimulates you, or or excites you, or gets you gets those competitive juices going. So it, it's that was really the, the biggest transition, and and the only thing I really miss from the game, outside of the competition, is you know, the guys. I'm you know, still getting to go around the, the facility sometimes and, and see the guys and talk to Cam Wake and, and Koa. And, you know, I text with those guys throughout the course of the season. It's it's, t- it's those times that you really miss. You know, I wish I can go back and just cherish the locker room. I remember my last week with, with the Dolphins before I retired before that Jets game. You know, on th- I think on Wednesday and Thursday, even Friday, when we're out of there at 1 o'clock, I, I found myself being the last one leaving the locker room, just kind of sitting there and taking it all in, knowing that that was a fraternity I was going to miss for sure when I left. I got a way you can kill some time, Jason. I mean, you, we can play basketball again, a couple of pickup games, because you played, uh, we played when you were still playing, but, you know, you weren't playing that hard because you got a, you know, you got a career to worry about. But now you can just go, you know, go and actually play hard and uh, show everybody how well you play that sport, too. Yeah, I, I play a good bit of basketball. And I actually just got back Monday from, uh, I went up to the University of Kentucky. I'm a Kentucky Wildcats fan. Hmm. And Coach Cal fans. So I went up there for a fantasy basketball camp for 35 year olds and over. So I did that, and, <laughs> and my sons played in the kids' camps. So we just spent three days up there doing it. So I, I, I find creative ways to stay competitive and, and busy, but without trying to get overboard. I, I have a tendency when I compete to, to not be able to harness in some. Yeah, of the, I've uh, seen it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
even yeah, at the poker I hate table. Myself at, at Cal's camp, though I did. What made you? How'd you? How'd you get to be a Kentucky fan? Is it because of Coach Cal? Yeah, because of Coach Cal. I met him years ago, and and uh, and became friends with him a little bit. And he, he's put this camp on starting about four years ago. So I've gone up a couple times and get to hang out a little bit. My kids love it. My sons have fallen in love with Kentucky basketball, and obviously their success over the last few years under Cal is is really you know. Kids start following a team, and, it, and that team wins a lot. All of a sudden, you know, they're all about it. So they were they were all four going up there, and I think they almost cried when we had to come home Monday. We're joined here on the Resorts World Bemini guest line. See, I got that right that time by Jason Taylor on seven ninety the Chicken. Jason, I know you're you still just in... said seven ninety the Chicken. By the way, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hungry, man. I haven't gotten used to this schedule yet. I ate like a, I ate at Chick Fil A at eleven fifty. Maybe that's where I'll go on the way home. Uh, Jason, obviously, you're still involved with that team in Davy a little bit. And, you know, we get to this point, and I know you dealt with this a little bit when you were playing, where a team wins, but not everybody's happy with the way that they won. And I remember you guys having a lot of 10 and 11 win seasons that fans down here weren't satisfied with. And then, you know, then there weren't 10 and 11 win seasons. There were one win seasons or four win seasons, and there was a little more appreciation for what you guys had done. From what you saw in game one, was were there enough things that you liked that you think this team can build on? Yes, absolutely, and it, you know you talk about those ten and eleven win seasons. Those, God, I would you know toward the end of my career, I'd die to have those you know, to have ten or eleven wins and, and get into the playoffs. But you know it, there was a plenty done well Sunday, and and the biggest thing I think is they found a way to win. Was it their best game offensively? No. Was it their best game defensively? No. But they found a way to win, and Jarvis Landry broke the broke the long punt return and, and was able to flip the field. Not only flip the field, but flip the scoreboard and, and in turn win the game. So. In years past, we've seen teams that here in Miami that maybe couldn't pull it out. Going into a place where in the open area against the Redskins with the quarterback turmoil a little bit and a team kind of not in disarray, but a team that probably doesn't match up quite as well as, as you do on, on paper, you, know, you expect to go in there maybe have a 14- or 20-point win, and all of a sudden it's the fourth quarter and you're in a tight ball game. Some teams in years past haven't had the – the wherewithal or the or the guts to be able to pull those out. So that's that's a positive sign. There's right. plenty of Let this soak in for a little bit, Ethan. It's soaking. Yep. I've heard this before. This was DM to me about three thousand times. It was, it was. Welcome back to seven ninety the chicken. I'm Israel Gutierrez with Ethan Skolnick here. We not only changed the name so, of the show, so apparently, hungry. but we changed the name of the entire station. <laughs> so hungry. Somebody needs to learn uh, how to eat. Boy, that chicken sandwich is going to taste good on the way home. <laughs> Thanks again to Jason Taylor for calling in and bumping the guy who created this beat, which is bumping right now. Uh, now, I'm not sure exactly what to call you, so we're just going to go with <laughs> Alf. Like, I know what your full name is. But uh, I don't know if you want that out there because you got this, you know, they got this Twitter thing going on. And I don't know if you let your full personality out there, your full bio out there. But uh, is it OK if we call you Alf or should we call you by your full first name? No. Yeah. Let's just keep it to Alf. Let's keep it to Alf. That's what I thought. <laughs> All right. This is uh, as Ethan said earlier, um, we wanted to really include just kind of the local uh, our audience, you know, our, our fan base. And when I say our, I mean the station's fan base. Um, because, you know, you guys not only are help create shows and help produce shows, as Dan likes to say all the time, but heck, this show uh, sort of got its momentum because of you. Uh, so why don't you tell people about 
you know, what it was. Why about, you like us. What, well, not just why you like us, but <laughs> no, what it was about South Florida like radio that sort of got, and you know, I know you wrote a blog about it, which I retweeted, um, but just, just how you got to this point and what it was that made you, you know, want to do that uh, Izzy and the Juice hashtag. Well, uh, it actually started, is I, the uh, Izzy and the Juice name came from a guy on Twitter named Jordan, uh, or Jordub. Uh, you guys, I think you had guest hosted the morning show, and, uh, you know, you guys did the three or four hours, and it just came off, it was just, it was informative, it was funny, it was entertaining, uh, it was just really good, and somebody tweeted, uh, you know, Izzy and the Juice should be a thing, and I, I just latched on to it, and just, you know, periodically I'd always talk about, hey, 790, put on Izzy and the Juice, put on Izzy and the Juice, and then, uh, it then eventually when I started hearing uh, the rumors about Dan going to, uh, to Colin's slot, I said, oh, this is perfect. Because if we're going to lose Dan Lebertard, you know, let's 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 bring in two of, you know, South Florida's most well-known, most respected writers. And uh, it just kind of took off from there. I kind of just reached out to a lot of my followers on Twitter. I said, guys, let's get this thing going. Uh, you know, we love Ethan. We love Izzy. You know, let's just make this thing happen. And everyone latched on, and it kind of came out, got out there. Some of the uh, some of the tweets weren't. Super friendly at seven ninety the ticket, but we got it done. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, here's the best part of this, and and I'm, I'm not going to refer to you by your real name, although I would love to get together with you at some point in person. And thank you for being my agent. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with I'm going to go with your handle here because that's how I know you, and that's how this works in the modern day. Is that your handle is Alf nine five four. And I think what people don't understand, and this is one of the things that's really irritated me about the characterization of Miami sports fans, and it's something that I've tried to fight repeatedly as I've moved into a national platform, I know Israel has also, is there's this idea that Miami sports fans are not passionate. That is not true. There is no, there is a there is a very passionate. I so call it sort of a vocal. I don't even know if it's a minority, but it's more of the minority that is passionate, maybe not at every game, maybe not the ones who are sitting in the lower bowl, but tweeting off every game, tweeting at us. And I've always felt it was important to interact with you guys because the reality is I get a lot of story ideas from you guys. Like when I, when I, when, when you guys send stuff to me, things that you're seeing might not be a question that I was intending to ask, but I will ask it. Tell the world, I'm going to give you this platform. I know you guys have wanted this a little bit. What is hashtag heat Twitter? Uh, hashtag heat Twitter isn't always safe for work. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of why we just we're just going to keep it to Alf on the uh, on the radio. Uh, it's a uh, it's 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 basically a community community of Heat fans, and you know stretches really to all South Florida fans um, who just you know we we live tweet games. Uh, we we have a, we have some of our own lingo, which once again most of it I can't say on the radio. Um, and, uh, we just, we, we are very passionate and especially about the heat. And really when it came together was with, uh, with the big three signing, um, it, it became a badge of honor to defend this team, uh, against, you know, a lot of the national writers, uh, against a lot of the national media. That's why most of us are blocked by most, by most national writers. <laughs> <laughs> I have a I have a list that I could I could read off to you right now, but I won't bore you to death. I, I think Israel probably works with most of them actually yeah, in his yeah. other jobs. So <laughs> I don't know that you should mention them. <laughs> well, I can well I can say Bill Simmons, right? So yeah, you know, you know, I don't, I don't work with him, him anymore. anymore. You can That's go right. ahead and rip him. Yeah. So okay, Bill Simmons. So yeah, the, but there's a there's just a, a lot. You know, it, it just became a, 
it became a thing for us to, you know, kind of vent our frustrations about the way our, you know, our favorite little basketball team was being treated nationally. Uh, especially, you know, a lot of us have been diehard for a long time. And, you know, LeBron came and, you know, we got the national attention and we got this, you know, we got this label as bandwagon fans and, and not real basketball fans. And, you know, and we got, you know, because we're a glamorous city. So it was kind of our way to say, hey, you know, no, there's are real Heat fans out here. And it was a way for our voices to be heard and a lot of times blocked. So Talking to one of the leaders of Heat Twitter, uh, Alf954 Yeah, how here. was that elected, by the way? How does that work? I mean, do you Uh-oh. guys? Whoever's got the hottest takes. The yeah, hottest pretty, takes. Pretty, right. pretty much. And I, I believe Silky, is, I can't say his, his uh, Twitter name on the radio. No, you also can't say most of the things that he tweets <laughs> yeah, on the exactly. radio, please. I believe he would be the president of uh, Heat Twitter right. if, we, if we had a name one. So he's the uh, Trump, basically, of Heat Twitter? Yeah, That's how we're yeah, going to characterize for, him? Oh, I guess so, because of the inappropriate things he said. So. <laughs> All right, last thing here before we let you go, man. Um, tell us about how you came up with that beat or what your idea was to just kind of give us uh, some music here. Well, that's not – actually, I did not create that beat. I'm sorry. That a childhood friend of mine. Uh, his name is uh, his name is Mike. Uh, he goes by uh, the moniker Palumbo Beats. Uh, you can find him on SoundCloud. He makes – you know, he's we've been we've been working together for years. Uh, I used to do a little little rapping back in the day, and uh, <laughs> it was one of the things that uh, we we uh, collaborated on. We uh, he makes a lot of great beats. He's made beats for Ice Cube before. You've actually used that beat on the station before, um, and he's really talented. And I, I just to give him a little promotion, get him out there. I uh, I wanted to get you guys that beat. Well, we really appreciate it. And I saw a tweet from you the other day that said, you've never met me, but I feel like we're friends. Brother, I feel the exact same way. And uh, this might be a little bit of a preview. I don't know if we're promising too much, but we're going to have something down the road where we sort of do an event somewhere where it might just be for the Heat Twitter group. Obviously, anybody can come, but you guys would be part of the event. So we'll see how how that can work. But um, I'm sure one of these days we'll be actually hanging out instead of just uh, chatting on Twitter. How's that? That'd be awesome, man. I'm sure he Twitter would appreciate it. We love you guys. We're really happy for you. Uh, I apologize for bringing down the uh, guest list on your show. <laughs> no, uh, you were our most important guest today. Yes. And like I said, not only might we have an event, but I think, you know, when the season starts, I think a little heat Twitter segment, something we're considering bringing you guys. We don't want like the chaos of a ton of calls, but maybe we'll get the viewpoint of one of you guys on a regular basis. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, I just keep Silky off the phone. Yeah, no, that's yeah. too dangerous. FCC regulations. All right, well, thanks yeah. again, Alf. Dolphins Twitter, step your game up. Marlins <laughs> Twitter, step your game up. And coming up next, we're going to step our game down because we're replaying a SPO interview. Welcome back to Izzy and Ethan here. And, uh, Ethan, we've got our favorite coach on the line right now, the uh, the one who probably never would have done this had it not been you and I on this radio show. Uh, the Miami Heat's head coach, Eric Spolster, joins us on the Resorts, Resorts World Bimini guest line. And, Eric, I guess the first question that Ethan and I both want to ask you is why are you doing this? Because it's our understanding that you very much dislike doing radio interviews. Yeah, I do. I mean, you guys know I never do these kind of shows. So, uh, first of all, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, on your show. Uh, I get a couple writers trying to do this thing. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you can't get somebody better? You know, that, you know somebody a little bit, with a little bit more charisma or something? Well, we tried. And the thing is, is, you know, we're following up. Essentially, this slot right here is following Dan Lebertard, who, you know, killed it on this station and, you know, nationally for more than a decade. And, you know, you kind of know a thing or two about following a legend. So we yeah. were kind of hoping to get some advice from you on well, that. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to make it tough. I'm, I'm so tempted 
to to do the Harbaugh right now. <laughs> I just make you guys work for this. Really want to make right you guys bat, work huh? and sweat and have to have to earn your paycheck. Well, we've seen Israel have to deal with Popovich oh. on the sidelines, mm-hmm. so he's accustomed oh, yeah. to this. I don't know that you can be any worse than that. But no, it, Eric does hate. The radio interview. I was trying to get him on all summer on the thing I was doing on Sirius, and he was very polite about it, but basically said, go to hell on a repeated <laughs> basis <laughs> with a variety of different communications. So we do appreciate you doing this, and we, we also appreciate you kind of, you know, we know you kind of crawl into a hole for the summer and disappear for a little bit. What what was this summer like for you? Because this summer started earlier than the last four summers have started. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of growth. Um for me, I mean, it was an opportunity to do a lot of different things. Uh, you know, we're not used to having our season end in the middle of April, um, and obviously that's a good thing. Uh, if you have a summer like this, you, you can't have too many of these in a row <laughs> in this profession. Uh, so you try to take advantage of it. And I think all of us, the, the, the guys, the staff, the players that had been on that extended run uh, were able to take advantage of it, get away, uh, clear our heads, go on vacation, uh, it was a tough season last year. Um, a lot of different emotions that happened in the last 13 months. Uh, but we were able to move on from that. And then uh, after Summer League, uh, all of us were able to really uh, you know, start to dial in. And, and we were already refreshed, so we were able to come back into uh, the office with clear minds, get ready for a, an exciting season. We feel 13 months later, after all the changes, that we have a team that uh, the city can be proud of, but it also inspires you to come into work and uh, and be good for this team. We're here with Heat coach Eric Spolster on 790 The Ticket. Eric, you mentioned getting away for a little bit, kind of clearing your head. As you look back now that you've had four, four months or so since the end of the last season, what's the biggest thing you learned from last year? Well, last season... Every season you have in, in this league is an opportunity to, to learn and, and get better. And I, I think I said this last year, going through um, that season was like uh, coaching um, in the D-League uh, with all the changes and having to change your style of play multiple times during the season. Uh, that, that's something that uh, can have great value. Um, if you learn and take it the right way. We're not making an excuse for, for what happened. The result uh, ultimately um, – you know, is is the deal, and we're upset of, about uh, not making the playoffs. Uh, but uh, you have an opportunity now to get away and then really reflect on um, your philosophy, uh, the team, once we put this together, uh, what we would have done differently uh, with that team, what we would have done differently in the past, uh, and really work uh, to get better. Um, the last time we really had an extended opportunity, I mean, we're always trying to push to get better, uh, meet with other coaches, meet with other uh, business leaders, uh, anybody that can inspire us and we can learn from uh, that deal with motivating uh, people, um, putting together teams. But the last time we had an opportunity like this really was the lockout uh, with an extended period of time to plan for a season. And that's what I looked at, at this was um, an opportunity for our staff to really get prepared and give our best effort for this team. Well, speaking of getting away then, um, you know, you guys were out in L.A., right? That's where it was. And it wasn't just, you know, a handful of players there. It was the coach and the staff. Um, How did that all come about? And what was the idea of going, you know, just in the middle of the summer out west for for some, you know, some us time? Yeah, I mean, it was player-driven. CB and I had lunch uh, in Vegas during the summer league. Uh, He brought it up, and and it just took off from there. Dwayne got on board right away, and uh, both those guys, uh, as we know, stay out there for, uh, for parts of the summer. 
Um, so they thought it would be a good idea to, to bring everybody out there, and then it just took a little bit of brainstorming to to get all the finer details of it. But it was a great trip. Uh, all of us love L.A. I'm a West Coast guy, <laughs> so it was an easy trip uh, going from uh, Oregon down to there, meeting up with, with everybody. It wasn't just basketball. We were able to do uh, some things outside, have a barbecue, um, you know, start to get to know each other. Does that stuff translate into wins? You know, you can't uh, prove it one way or another, but it, it's good to to get guys together and, and start to, to work on that bond that's necessary. Just curious, and we're talking to Heat Coach Eric Spolster on the Resorts World Bimini guest line. Just curious in terms of basketball, what do you do in that setting? Because you don't treat it like a training camp no. or anything like that. So do you just got, do they just run? Is it just, uh, do you just watch them play pickup and get ideas? How does that work? No, we did some drills, but it was player driven. Okay. Uh, and what I told uh, CB Dwayne, I, I just said, hey, we're just here to help. We're here to serve. Um, this is not uh, the middle of January. Uh, use us however you want. If you want to kick us out of the gym, go ahead. <laughs> but uh, I'll shag, uh, rebound for you, uh, help facilitate the drill, encourage the guys. Um, but uh, we were d- doing very minimal coaching. Uh, it was more ju- just about getting together, uh, having some games in there, having some fun, uh, getting back in the gym, uh, and and spending some hangout time uh, out of Miami. So I, I like the trip. Uh, uh, one of the, my favorite parts was climbing the Santa Monica stairs. Every day I'd try to do something physical outside the gym, and uh, I'd done the stairs. Uh, are you guys aware of those stairs? Well, I've, I've heard of them. I haven't actually seen them or, you know, climbed them. Nor would <laughs> I climb them, right? got to try them. you got to try them. It's a beast. <laughs> and so it's a real butt kicker, and uh, people go up and down the stairs all hours and even into the night. Uh, you can just find it on Google Maps, and that's what we did, and went out there one day, and then I mentioned to the guys I was going out the next morning, and a bunch of guys came with us, so um, that was fun. Well, I'll be out there in uh, October, so I'll make sure to do it, and I'll take pictures and video to prove it to you. Do it. Put it up there, and if you, if you can't do that, do the sand hill. I don't think Eric's seen me run recently, but anyway, we're going to move on. I don't think anybody on. has. <laughs> right, exactly. I don't think in about 10 years. We were there exposure on the Resorts Will Bimini guest line on 790. The ticket, you mentioned uh, CB Chris Bosch. And I, I know everybody's happy to see the, the condition that he's in right now, considering what he went through last season. There were a couple of, of photos that circulated of him looking maybe a little bigger than we were accustomed to seeing him. I don't know when the last time you saw him, but what was kind of the, the plan for him physically this offseason? What, what did you want from him coming back into this year? Well, actually, I just saw him uh, today. Yeah, okay. he, was, he was in here. Um, so the most important thing was just getting back and being healthy. Okay, we weren't even overthinking it, uh, considering what we were thinking in, in February. Uh, but then just to train and get ready. So he's been doing everything. He's been doing weight work, getting stronger, getting his body right, but also doing conditioning and working on his basketball skills. Uh, so right now, yes, his body is built up, uh, but it's it's not necessarily that we want him to, to be massive and Dwight Howard size to bang. He still has to be a versatile player for us, a positionless player. So that means he's going to have to have some quickness and agility to be out in the perimeter. Um, but strength uh, gains that he made this summer hopefully will help him uh, endure the rigors of a long you know, NBA season. I think that's the most important thing about adding strength and uh, a little bit of weight. Uh, probably when we get into the, the season, hopefully the idea is he'll keep the, the strength, you know, but maybe the weight will come back down a little bit. Eric, I know a lot of what went hap- what went down last year was a lot out of your control, you know, with health issues and whatnot. But um, would you consider that season your biggest disappointment as a head coach, just in the result, not necessarily in the why? And if so, like, wh- what do you compare it to at all? Because I would imagine that that 
you know, first finals, the 2011 finals against the Mavericks was, you know, just crushing for everybody and probably felt like a bigger disappointment. But do you look at last year and say, you know, this rebound to to me and to this team is critical? You know, I don't know. I mean, all of them are are tough in that particular time. You know, whenever it happens, I mean, the the 2011 finals lost, that was soul-crushing. I mean, that took months and months, uh, really, to get over uh, with a, a ton of regret. And, yeah, last year, yes, uh, it did. Uh, it, it, it all, whenever you, you don't accomplish what you want to accomplish, it, it, it creates pain. I mean, that's why we're in this business is all the highs and lows that come with competition uh, and how it tests you, how it measures you, how it pushes you uh, to be better. Um, so last year, yes, it was very disappointing. After we got off of, oh, away from it uh, and away from the disappointment, we're not discounting it uh, because there's always great expectations with this organization. That's why I love it. Uh, but it was more about, okay, solutions, how do we get on to the next season and how we put together a team um, that hopefully can contend. We're talking to Eric Spolster on the Resorts Bill Bemini guest line on 7 of the ticket. We're going to let him go soon. I know he's worried. We're just going to keep him on the air here. <laughs> I mean, this for, is so scintillating. For, for, we can just for, keep this going for, all forever. afternoon. Yeah, I mean, just keep it going until you People get to the you, one word answers. Know that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I did want to ask you about Pat Riley because the organization uh, you know, was, was putting out a lot of social media stuff about his 20, 20 years uh, in, in the in the business. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's ask you about that, actually. What, what's your feeling on that? I'm envious. I mean, I grew mine out this summer. Nobody mentioned anything. But, you know, I have the, the Filipino genes where I can only grow by mustache and on my chin. So I must I be part of... Filipino then because I got the same problem. If I ever tried to grow out a beard, it would just frighten people. Yeah. And then uh, now I have, uh, you know, uh, on the chin is more gray than it is uh, dark hair. So I didn't keep it very long. But... but as long as you're wearing the backwards cap when you leave shoot around, though, I don't think anybody's going to think you're too old. Right? <laughs> Who catches that? I do. Always. <laughs> <laughs> Always. But what I was going to ask you about, Pat, 20 years and other than the beard, I mean, you've been around him for you know two decades now. How has he changed, if at all? Yeah, I mean the the competitive fire that's never going to change. You know, people ask me that. Okay, you know, now that he turned seventy, is he different? Uh, I think the nature of his evolution in positions that's probably where he's changed. But the competitive fire and the force of nature and uh, creating a culture that that doesn't change. And the the, the getting into the competition and putting having the passion to put together a team, uh, he could do this for another 10 or 15 years, uh, and that's what we're all hoping hoping for. He hasn't lost any steam. I mean, we all end up getting so motivated after last season, and um, and Pat has shown an incredible motor. Um, you know, even as he's uh, uh, changed uh, roles and, and positions uh, with, with the franchise, but he's uh, still very, very much involved and very passionate and can put in uh, an incredible workload, um, you know, that of uh, somebody much, much younger. I love that. He just dropped it. Pat has an incredible motor. Like, this is the NFL draft <laughs> we're talking about here. <laughs> Spo, I'll leave you, let you go on this one. Other than the stairs, because that couldn't have been the coolest thing you've done all summer, uh, what's the, the coolest thing you've done? The, 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 you know, cause you've done some pretty, uh, amazing things in previous summers and I, I, you know, the coaching tour is one of the other ones, but that's more of a, a long-term thing. What's the coolest thing you've done? You've done this off season. I'm going to jump off the line because you're going to ask a bunch of questions after this. All right. Literally, as soon as I answer this, All right. I'm done. I'm okay. out. Okay. We'll, we'll see it. you in six months. All right.
So the coolest thing I did this summer, without a doubt, I got engaged. All right. Uh, See you guys. Wow, he dropped that one on us. Is that is that breaking news right there? Uh, I think that is breaking news. Did he just news. break news? Well, I will say this: you become uh, you know a, a big star on on the E Online uh, t- <laughs> TMZ circuit recently, <laughs> right, and right, I think right. Spolster just decided to bump you right off little, of that. Little, okay, I mean that would that would probably be more than just E Online. That would maybe be ESPN.com. <laughs> that might be a little uh, of both. Exclamation point! But uh, wow, congrats uh, to Eric Spolster. I, I, See, I, I think he was going to drop that on us anyway. Because it sounds like he just kind of wanted to get that out there and, and, and leave. But, uh, man, that's amazing. Congratulations, uh, Coach Congratulations. Spoke. And I want to say something about Eric, too, because uh, people don't realize, I think, what kind of a guy he is. Uh, when my daughter was born mm-hmm. on July 17th, 2014, everything else that was going on with the Heat, they just lost LeBron six days earlier. I checked my phone that night, and I've got a text from Eric Spolster with congratulations. Well, he texted me congratulations a little bit ago, said he was uh, the last one to know, like he is about everything else. But uh, <laughs> Apparently, man. we're the first ones to know about the engagement, so congratulations awesome. to and, Eric. And when you wonder why we said uh, he's our favorite coach. That's our favorite coach right there, Eric Spolster. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back. One quick last segment here with uh, me, Israel Gutierrez, and Ethan Skolnick. On Izzy and Ethan, debut show was really good. Since we're talking engagement, right, mm-hmm. uh, of Spo, which was kind of the biggest news of the day, uh, I got to tell a quick wedding story, which, of course, you were at, and I, I hope you at. enjoyed yourself. I, uh, did. I did. I went to the S'mores station the a s'mores few bar. times. <laughs> yeah, I, hit that. I mean, I walked right around Beast and got to the S'mores <laughs> station and just hung out there. Well, the funniest part to me is, uh, no, I mean, listen, the Casa Marina in, in Key West, if you're ever thinking about getting married, that place is, is picturesque. It's absolutely perfect. I would just maybe have done it. When it's a little bit cooler, because I sweat through everything I was wearing, uh, and that was just during pictures. But we had wedding crashers, and I thought that was awesome. Like, we had six of them. We can't decide if it was five or six, but we had five or six wedding crashers. And uh, it was funny because, you know, like George Sedano and his wife, they got there just before the ceremony started, couldn't find a seat. No, I know. They were trying to take ours. Right. So uh, the the wedding coordinator over there, uh, her name was Karina, an awesome lady. Uh, she says that after she had kicked them out from the dance floor, that uh, she noticed at least two of them were at the ceremony. So we had wedding crashers who came in and sit in on the ceremony, and then they get kicked out, but only after they've drank all our drinks, you know, drank all the free drinks, gotten wasted, and eaten uh, a spread that was absolutely phenomenal. And then when they're on the dance floor drunk and falling down and spilling drinks, which one uh, lady did, I would call her a lady, but I don't know what she is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and then they get kicked out. So it's like, oh, okay, you can kick me out now all you want. I got all the free stuff. But I think what happened was I got one gift that I could not figure out who it was from because I couldn't figure it out if it was a joke or what. But it was a bag, like a little gift bag, right? Mm-hmm. And then there was another bag inside of it, like a paper bag. So I pulled out the paper bag first, and it said CVS on it. I was like, okay. I opened it up, and there's a card in there, and it's blank. And so somebody forgot to write. I look in the bag to see if there was anything else, and there was. It was the receipt for the card (laughs) inside of that bag. And then the actual gift that was in some little rinky-dink gift bag was something called Spicy Love Bomb, which is apparent. It's just some sort of a food. I I don't know what it is. I mean, it's it's food, but it's – anyway. I, I couldn't stop laughing re- see, because, I mean, they put the card. And now, if this was somebody that I know, 
then you should be apologizing profusely because Damn, that's pathetic. I, I'm sorry but I'm that pretty I did sure, that. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was a wedding crasher, and that's something I can never get over. The other highlight of the day, and I'm, I'm sure you got some time to talk to him, man, Tony Reale uh, showed up basically on eight days' notice and another producer from around the horn named Josh Bard. And Tony, man, he is an absolutely amazing human being, sort of brought a whole new life to that party. You know, everybody's tugging at him and wanting to take pictures with him. He was absolutely a, a great, great, great guest. Just to, uh, just enhanced the whole experience, and I couldn't ask, uh, you know, couldn't be more thankful for everything. But uh, man, those are those are probably since we only have literally seconds left. Those are probably my highlights of you know just stuff that we want to share because the ceremony itself was just probably the highlight for me entirely. It was very, very nice event. I mean, the only problem for me was when my wife, who has not been out a whole lot mm-hmm. over the past year because yeah. we've had the baby, she starts the salsa thing. Mm-hmm. A little hard for this mm. Jewish boy to keep up. Yeah, no, salsa is not my specialty either, but uh, I just started bouncing around like crazy and sweating some more. But anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed the debut show of Izzy and Ethan, and we're going to hang on to that name for a while. Thanks to Grant uh, Grant Skidmore for producing this first show. Starting tomorrow, we'll have uh, Chris Cochran behind there, and he will be our regular producer, and uh, we'll engage him a little bit more in the conversation. But again, thanks to everybody for being a part of the first show. Thanks for Jason to Jason Taylor for calling in. Thanks to Dwayne Wade for calling in. Thanks to Eric Spolstra. And of course, Dan Lebetard. And Jason Stugatz, Jackson. And don't Alf forget Jason. Don't and forget Jason, Jason Jackson. Jackson. Don't forget Jason Jackson. 790 the chicken. We'll be back on tomorrow. <laughs> See you guys.